For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome everybody to another brand new episode of It's My Wrestling Podcast. I am of course, as always, your host Chris Dees. Before I get started, please make sure to hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on any audio platforms, please make sure to hit the follow button as well. My guest today is a man that I've been very, very excited to talk to for a long time. We've been trying to get it work and we finally managed to make things happen. He's a former WCW Cruiserweight Champion, Hardcore Champion, Tag Team Champion. He's been known as, as many different things, whether it be Judas, Salem, Tempest. But I like, I like to call him my friend. He's a good dude. He is, of course, the one and only Mr. Crowbar. Crowbar, man, thank you so much for joining me. How's How it going? are you? No sweat. Thanks so much for having, for having me on. Sorry. It took some work, but here we are. Let's have some yeah. fun. That's nah, all right, man. Life, life gets in the way, doesn't it? But life finds a way, and here we are. I'm glad that we finally managed to do it. Um, how how are Staying things here, man? How are things for you on on your side of the world? I think you've been having some some hassle, haven't you? Where you are? A little craziness with the water from the storm uh, a couple of weeks ago. You know, we took some water at work. Thank God, it was all stuff we were able to fix. Uh, you know, within a a few days. But uh, overall, we're doing good. You know. Can't complain compared to what a lot of people got. Just happy, blessed, yeah. and just glad, glad to be here finally, having some fun and uh, talk some wrestling. Yeah, man, absolutely. It's the best thing to do when things are going bad. Just talk some wrestling. So let's get right into it. One of the first things that I want to ask you is obviously. As a fan, I've seen a lot of things come up where you've done interviews, you've um, you've put things on social media. You get a lot of questions about your time in WCW, your time in WF, but you don't really seem to get many questions about ECW. And I've always wondered, like, what what was your time there like, especially as a younger wrestler? What was sort of like the locker room like and the feel there? I was there for maybe just under a year, I'd say. And uh, I, I had done some work for WCW. I did... Nitro did a few Saturday nights, and at that time, uh, ECW just fit. Uh, I, I was going to school in New Jersey. I was a student in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey, and at that time, East, uh, ECW is very East Coast based. Uh, you know, they go up as far as Boston, down maybe Baltimore, out to Pennsylvania. So it really was a good fit. I was able to do my classes during the week. Uh, study work out during the week and then come the weekend indulge in my pro wrestling addiction <laughs> so uh uh at that time uh i hated it <laughs> uh it was a great learning experience uh in retrospect i it was such a great time for me for growth in both wrestling and just life uh it taught me how to work hard for st stuff I wanted. It taught me how to deal with adversity. It taught me how to function and get by in an environment where not a lot of people liked you. Uh, uh, it's, yeah. It was just a different environment. I'm really cool with a lot of those guys now. But uh, at that time, it was culturally, I just didn't fit the mold. Uh, yeah. I uh, was a college student. I really didn't go out at night at all. 
wasn't into going crazy. I, you know, have, having beers, doing whatever wrestlers do at that time. And uh, I really had uh, a crunched schedule. So there were times when I had to bring my books into the locker room and I would get ready for my match. I, I would warm up. I would talk about my match with my opponent. I get, but whenever I had downtime, I was off in the corner doing work. I was doing schoolwork. That, all of this was long before online classes and stuff. So everything was papers, pencils, pens, and books. So everybody else was there doing the ECW thing. I was off in, in the corner doing my thing and it just didn't fit in. Uh, a lot of the guys didn't care for it. A lot of the guys uh, took that as me being disrespectful to the wrestling business that I wasn't paying attention a hundred percent what was going on. I was paying attention. I watched what I could. I watched all the replays. I, it, it was just life. In fact, I, I loved wrestling and respected wrestling so much that I was making it work with this ridiculous yeah. schedule yeah. that, I, I had, but again, it was at a time when a lot of the talent was younger. Everybody was rah, rah. It was a rock and roll and craziness. And I just don't think it was understood. Uh, yeah. You know, and also at, at, at that time I was a young wrestler. I was a huge fan of the product. And uh, I always saw myself doing more there. I liked giving my all doing the stunts, uh, flying in and out of the ring and stuff like that. And I wanted more of an opportunity to do stuff like that. It just wasn't in the cards in my mind at that time. I thought I should have been in hindsight. I was still very green and needed to learn a lot. So uh, it, it really, uh, it, it tested my metal uh, and really made me question how bad I want to do something. And I stuck it out for almost a year. Uh, when I decided to leave, I, I did contemplate, yeah, this is kind of a harsh experience at that time, you know, now again, in hindsight, great experience. But at that time I, I had to ask, do I still want to do this? And the answer was, yes, I do want to do this, but I, I have to find a different way. I have to go, get more training. I have to focus more on the training in, uh, and learn my craft more, hone my craft more, watch more tape uh, in order for me to ex excel better in a larger company. So I left. Uh, you know, it was a pretty tough time. It did not get off to a great start. Uh, I was a huge fan of the product. I loved what they were doing with Taz. Uh, yeah. He was just killing people and it was <laughs> under the premise of the broken neck and all that. And yeah. I was a huge fan of Taz's back when he was with uh, IWCCW as a Tasmaniac. Uh, yeah. So I, I watched all that stuff and I, I watched matches between Taz and Ray Odyssey and guys like that way, way back when. Thrilled to get the call. Uh, I got a call to go to a show. It was probably around 12, one or two in, in the afternoon, the day of the show. Uh, the previous Monday, five days before, I had arthroscopic knee surgery done. And I had cleared my wrestling schedule for, you know, four or five weeks to make sure I could recover. And then I get this call to go to ECW and an opportunity to wrestle for ECW against Taz, who I was a huge mark wow. for. Uh, <laughs> so I, I actually said, I go, I'm not missing this. 
I'm going to find a way to do it. I have a knee that was all blown up huge. Uh, I found a doctor friend of mine. I'm, I'm in healthcare. So I made a few calls around. I found a doctor friend of mine that would agree to aspirate, drain my knee, get some of the fluid out so that it could, it was gigantic. So I, I had to get that drained in order for me to be able to bend it and run and jump and all that good stuff. Uh, so I, I had to hunt my friend down. That took time. Uh, I, I had to get it wrapped. So by the time I got to ECW, the show had already started. I arrived late uh, because I was getting this knee drained. Now, first day in the company, don't want people to say, ah, I don't want to work with this guy. He has a bad knee. And once it was drained, it felt great. I knew I could, I could go out there, perform and do what I needed to do. I just didn't tell anybody because I didn't want them to not trust what my knee was capable of doing. So I, I had a good match with Taz. We've had some fun, but from day one, I know I had heat from showing up late and I just didn't care to share why I, I don't want to lose that opportunity, but uh, that's why. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and from that point on, it was that, and just a comedy of errors that just didn't bode well for my time spent well, uh, spent there between, studying in the locker room, not going out, stuff like that. Uh, but again, in hindsight, being who I am now, the time there really made me a stronger person, a more strong-willed person, uh, and able to deal with adversity, not just in wrestling, but in life itself. So yeah. in hindsight, awesome experience. At that time, as a 20-something-year-old kid, it sucked. <laughs> so so you had people questioning your dedication and your commitment to the craft and to the ecw way of doing I'm things, 47 but... i'm 47 years old i have a successful business wife kids and i'm still doing this why but i fucking love it so I, <laughs> don't question me <laughs> well, did you did you not did you never think to maybe like tell the guys after a little bit of time had passed, like a few yeah, months, like tell them about there. That, that wouldn't have mattered. No? That no? wouldn't have mattered there. No, Fair not enough. at all. No, nah, that wouldn't have mattered there at all. <laughs> <laughs> so when when you when you you said that you left for for pastors new after leaving, yeah. ECW, was it a case that you just wanted to do like a more traditional style of wrestling and and hone your I just, there? I just saw that I wasn't going to move there, no matter how hard I worked. Yeah. I felt that I was disliked so much or not looked favorably upon where even if I worked and I got better, I wouldn't have been able to overcome that, you know, that with the fact that a lot of important talent disliked me, you know, it's just like any other kind of work. If you could identify a few things, I can make myself better. I can become a better wrestler. I could become a better high flyer. I could do a better promo, but there, there were certain guys at that time that I knew I, no matter what I did, it wasn't going to change their, how they felt about me as a person or what they perceived was my disrespect for the business. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Completely understand that. Just, just, just to touch on WCW as well, because obviously um, then years, years passed and you went over to WCW. You're, you're mostly known for your time in WCW. but WWE first before that, believe it or not. It was yeah. a light yeah, heavyweight yeah, division. Uh, yeah. I, I had a short stint with the light heavyweight division, which was really cool. Got yeah. to work with uh, Taka, Christopher. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. at that time, it was actually, actually cool. They were discussing 
never came to happen. But at that time, there, there, there was no on-the-road trainer for the guys. And there were conversations back and forth that when I would graduate, that I would perhaps be a hybrid where I would maybe be an opening match cruiserweight guy or light heavyweight guy. And I would also be the on the road physical therapist for WWE. And there were conversations back and forth, written proposals back and forth. Just never came through. Uh, Perhaps it was, they didn't want a physical therapist that would be on, on paper, a new graduate, maybe they wanted somebody with more Mm. experience. Uh, But yeah, but that was actually discussed for a while. And, uh, uh, we kind of went back and forth on how it would work. You know, me being like a preliminary opening match kind of guy and then yeah. do the therapy for the guys while they were on, on the road. Yeah, for the rest of the show. Little yeah. known fact, yeah. Yeah, hmm, very interesting. Yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you about your time in, in WWF a bit further on, but I had no idea that you... That yeah. you didn't offer that. Do you have any idea why it didn't work? Did you ever have any proper conversations about it actually, you know, being it, offered that role? It just got dropped. My my assumption would be one of two things: either they didn't want a new graduate. You know, I uh, would have been a new graduate doing this. You know, maybe they wanted a guy more experienced, or I had also made it very clear that I wanted to wrestle. I loved. I I didn't want to just sit and watch and be a trainer perhaps they said we can't have our trainer doing wrestling what if he gets hurt or something like that yeah. i really don't know yeah. yeah yeah but that's my guess you know one of those two things and they're both valid yeah. points yeah 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 i can see it from can see it from both sides it's interesting though no i had, I had no idea about that yeah Absolutely no idea about that. It's weird because obviously, yeah, like you say, they've got dedicated teams for these kind of things now, haven't they? So maybe it was just sure. a case of they wanted you to be a wrestler and nothing else. Yeah. But the times have changed, gotcha. haven't they? The times sure. have changed a lot since then. Um, right, so yeah, as I say, to touch on WCW, you you left WCW shortly before they were bought out by, by WWF, WWE. I um, wasn't let. I didn't leave. I was released. I got released, fired. Released, released. Yeah, left. <laughs> I released. Got, I got fired. I was being nice. I, I was being fired. nice. <laughs> I was being nice. You nah, were no longer, no longer employed. I <laughs> was <say>. future endeavored. <laughs> <laughs> well then, well then. Shortly after that, we saw the obviously very disappointing WCW invasion angle. It's remembered for for all the wrong reasons. How how disappointed were you to not have been a part of that? Do you think you could have made any sort of impression any sort of difference to to the angle well i think i could have of course i think i could have there was <laughs> i had some ideas of what i you've got to say yeah you've got to say yeah <laughs> how i could have fit in i uh you know i uh i always saw kind of me david and daphne fitting in with raven maybe i think that would have worked you know our kind yeah. of weird click with raven uh yeah. there were a lot of things that we could have done of course you always see how you could be used best in that situation. But I had a few dark matches. Uh, a lot of guys said the reaction from the crowd was great. And they said, oh, you're definitely getting a spot. You're definitely a spot. It just never happened. Uh, so it really was a wake-up call for me. One of a few wake-up calls post-WCW uh, that there was just so much talent trying to get into one space. WCW is gone. ECW is gone. All the other smaller companies were gone. And just a massive rush of talent was everybody coming in and it's a log jam. You can't get in. And that really was my first wake up call that maybe it's time to take a few steps back, 
get back into real life for a lack of a better word. And, and I started to transition from full-time wrestler, part-time physical therapist to full-time physical therapist, part-time wrestler on the weekends and stuff like that. So it was, uh, I would have loved to have been there as a huge wrestling fan, still a huge wrestling fan. I, I believe I'm the biggest wrestling fan on, on the planet. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but as a huge wrestling fan, who wouldn't have wanted to be a part of WWE, especially when WCW is coming into it and ECW is there too. It just wasn't in, in the card. So yeah. you, you start to have to take a step back from being a fan, being somebody that wants to wrestle real, real, real bad and say, okay, I have to start to try to plan for life outside of this. And, you know, that was really the first indication that it was time to step back a bit yeah yeah and why why physical therapy out, out of curiosity was that just something that you were passionate about already is that what you always wanted to do like as a career as a, as a, a lifelong career I, I had a few high school football injuries went through physical therapy uh really love the field love the science about it uh i'm a huge fan of science anatomy physiology i love exercise and and I love dealing with people. I'm a people, I'm, I'm a very social person. I love being around people. I love helping people get well. So all those things combined, it just really drew me to that field. So what a lot of people did not know is almost my entire independent wrestling career. I started when I was a junior in high school, but all through college, all through physical therapy school, I was a full-time student and I was wrestling independent on, on the weekends pursuing both and uh i really had no free time no social life no nothing again this was long before online classes you you had to go and be there physically be in in a classroom so it was a crazy schedule but i i would do it all again in a heartbeat because i, I love both my careers you know yeah every time literally every time i talk to you there's a little bit of a delay when whenever we talk on on twitter or whatever and every yes. time you come back to me you're just telling me how crazy like it's work, yeah. Yeah. you guys are you just you just always sound like you're on the go i i just love uh i own my own facility so you put crazy hours in there i got a great wife i got a 12 and a 13 year old i really try my best to be a present parent and involved in all their sports and their activities and just hanging out at home you know we try to make it uh at at, at least Saturday and Sunday, if they're doing their own things, we try to at least get together, watch a movie or a uh, a TV show or something like that. We try to spend quality family time when we can. And and in the midst of all this, I also like to pursue my wrestling addiction. So <laughs> it, busy, busy man. it gets nuts, you know. Busy, busy man. It's hard to balance yeah. it all. Even for me, even just for me, and I'm not. I'm not looking after people like you are, but it is hard to balance. And it's hard to be a wrestling fan as well, because there's yeah. just so much wrestling. There's so much to watch, there. yeah. So much to, to digest these days. My DVR is full. It's full yeah. of stuff that I haven't even watched yet. Same. <laughs> God, I haven't watched yeah. I haven't watched some WWE stuff from a few weeks ago still. It's just impossible yeah. to find the time. I watch more than AEW stuff, so I'm usually caught up on that. The WWE stuff is probably about a month and a half back for me. It's oh, just, wow. and, and it's not because I don't enjoy it. I have a limited time to watch and yeah. I enjoy the AEW 
product and also the fact that it's it's new it's fresh it's still a new story and you like to see where this is going to evolve so it's it's yeah. it's just something cool to watch the evolution of on top of all the in-ring stuff you know it's just cool to watch how a, a product evolves how people start to follow it how it grows how it catches on so you're watching it not just for the wrestling you're just watching it to see what's going on and 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 how it grows and how, how it does for lack of a better word you know yeah yeah absolutely well I'll, I'll, I'll get your thoughts now then as somebody who was so so closely associated to wcw and and well known from wcw obviously wwf were were the competition these days it's now aew versus wwe how <laughs> how do you see aew in comparison to wcw when it comes to being competition for wwf obviously it was different different back in the 90s because wwf you know wcw were the top dogs for such a long yeah. time and wwf were were the competition even though they were yeah. more established and, and had been around yeah. for longer so how do you feel AEW are doing as as a true alternative at the moment in the grand scheme of things AEW yeah. is still a very new product yeah. that being said in a very short period of time uh i challenge anybody to say that there's not a ton of momentum that way right now oh, yeah. uh, uh the demographic is is definitely in that favor that key demographic is watching aew there's a definite momentum there's definitely an interest from show to show they're bringing in these great stars uh and you know wwe is a global entity it's huge been around forever ever. they have uh roots they have connective tissue all throughout the world yeah. they're doing fine regardless uh but i would be very shocked if you know they got to be a little worried about aew or a, a lot worried there's clearly momentum uh it kind of reminds me of that uh passionate ecw fan base mm. except the product has a lot more money behind it and it has main it has mainstream TV behind it, and I think it's going to grow. I think it's going to be a true alternative. Uh, I think part of the reason why WWE is changing their programming is I think they see that they're going to lose that demographic. They are going to lose it. There's no way around it. So what a smart thing to do, me being a business person, if I see this being a potential problem, maybe I gear my product more towards kids and families bring it down a little bit those kids buy merchandise those kids buy t-shirts those kids buy video games uh well older kids buy all that stuff for aew too we're all big kids now but uh but kids buy a lot of that they they have their parents bring them out to the events and yada 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 it and so it's i i truly believe that WWE changed their style because I think they foresee that they're going to lose that uh, fan base. I think there's going to be a, a definite divide that WWE is for younger kids and kids up, up to their teens. And you'll still catch fans that will watch both. I watched WWE growing up, WWF growing up, and I watched WCW, uh, NWA, whatever it was at the time the nwa was the more real with the more presented yeah, yeah. as an adult product the wwe was presented more as a children's product in hindsight but i watched both 
you're always going to have fans that are going to watch both. You're going to have parents that want their kids to watch a more suitable product with less cursing, with less racy storylines and stuff like that. You're going to get some parents that really don't care and they'll let them watch the more racy storylines. But, and then you're going to get the teenagers and the college kids and those same adults that have the kids, maybe they won't let their kids watch AEW so much, but you're going to get the teenagers, the college kids, and those adults watching it without their kids, and you're going to get them watching AEW. I think there's going to be a a strict divide, uh, and you you can already see what audience each product is playing to, and I think they could both be successful doing that as well. Like I said, I grew up watching both uh, NWA slash WCW, uh, WWF. There there was a clear difference. You know, you had a lot of cartoon-like characters in WWF. The NWA, WCW was more adult. I, I watched and I enjoyed both. So it's, but, and, and I think each one will claim their audience and I think they will both be successful, but AEW is definitely going to be that cool product. Uh, People ask me and, and I could be wrong. Why was ECW such a revolution? What happened? And my theory was what attracted me to ECW is you had a whole generation of kids that grew up on WWF and it was more of a cartoon product you start to get into middle school and high school and because of some of the characters some of the storylines it's not as cool publicly to watch this programming ECW pops up it's more racy and now all of a sudden wrestling is cool again it's like oh oh you're watching that with that sissy wrestling that that kitty wrestling, whatever you're watching. And that would be what the reaction was when I was in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth, like eighth grade. You were at that age where you were starting to get made fun of for watching fake kids wrestling. <laughs> ECW pops up and said, nah, that stuff that starts coming. This is really cool. And you have an adult product. And so you had adults. Hold on, I'm sorry. You had adults. You there still? Yeah, yeah, still him up. Sorry, it, it cut out my battery went well. Uh, you had adults that could relate to ECW. You had a whole generation of kids that grew up on cartoon wrestling. They're at an age where it's not cool to watch that anymore. And now they have an alternative that still gives them the in-ring action, crazy in-ring action, and, and more adult storylines where it was acceptable and cool and it was hip and it was rad, whatever you want to call it. And I think that's why ECW was so cool. And I think you're seeing that with the AEW audience right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, that's a really good point because people are so quick to compare AEW to WCW and quite often TNA as well because of how many, you know, ex-WWE talents they're signing. But but when you think about it like that, as you just said, with the passionate fan base, the fact you're getting something a bit different with the the swear words, the cursing, the the sexual innuendos, all that kind of stuff. It does have a very sort of like edgy, edgy vibe about it, doesn't it? It's it's still, I think they still appeal to kids with characters like 
Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Sure. So there is, I think that's the thing. The benefit with AEW is that there really feels like there's something for everybody. Whereas with WWE, a lot of the time, it does feel very much centered to just kids. Sure. And uh, AEW has a unique mix. mix. They have the guys like Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus. Uh, definitely kids could relate to those guys, but they're also yeah. relatable for adults as well. You know, they're not so yeah. far cartoony to where it's ah, I can't watch this you know it's yeah they have a lot of talent that could cross over and where maybe younger kids could relate to it but it's still cool enough for the high school and the college and the older guys there you know yeah. like I said there's a definite divide and they're bringing in talent and they're bringing in talent that are ex- WWE guys, but they're guys that could go. They're guys that could work. They're not bringing in guys just for the sake of having a name, you know, which may have happened in, in the past with WCW or TNA. They're bringing in ex-WWE guys that could go. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the fans will see a strong in-ring product still. Yeah, absolutely. And even even the guys who who, not to say they can't go anymore, but the guys who are really really at the end of their careers really in the toilet like matt hardy imagine how much he can offer to the younger guys to the younger tag teams sure. imagine what the big show paul white and mark henry what they can Ab- offer absolutely to the big yep. guys like luchasaurus you know they, what they absolutely. can teach chris jericho sure. the same you know christian the same so you know competition's good for business isn't it it's a good thing to have an absolutely alternative. Yeah. it's sure. a good thing for alienated and jaded fans to have somewhere else to go as well but sure the more wrestling the more rest in the bear, as far as I'm concerned. Um, exactly. You you could definitely see a renewed interest and enthusiasm yeah. for pro wrestling as a yeah. whole. And that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely the most exciting it's been for, yeah, probably since the Monday Night Wars. Like I said, I, I think I'm still the biggest wrestling fan on the planet. It's not fashionable to say when you're a wrestler that... I think I am, and, and it's a pretty cool time to watch right now. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right, let's go back to the past again. I want to touch on something else that happened in WCW, sure. because we've mentioned one invasion, but now let's talk about an invasion that you were a part of, which was the home invasion angle um, yeah. in WCW. What was that like when when that was pitched to you? Were, were you guys, because obviously that was yourself, Russo, Daphne, and David Flair. You had It was a Ric Flair's home. I remember Charlotte. Flair, I was not I was not called on that one believe it or not I I did the New York thing you know where we all went to New York and yeah we saw the fake statue of liberty we yeah. went in the porn shop and we <laughs> went in the toy store and all that I was not part of the home invasion so uh I was not part of that believe it or not but what were, what were your your thoughts on it because obviously I know you were obviously very close to that my thoughts are that I should have been and... part of it that's my yeah, thoughts exactly <laughs> Yeah, because it was a big angle, wasn't it? It was a huge sure. at the time. And at that time, I'm a huge Ric Flair fan. And one thing I, I always think back, you had David feuding with Rick. And, and I'm thinking at that time, somewhere in there, you got to have the match between Crowbar and Rick, where Rick goes over on Crowbar clean just to build towards yeah. his fight with David. And after he, he beats me, David runs in and he beats him down and we all beat down on Rick. So I, I swore that that one-on-one match, which would have blown my mind against Ric Flair was coming. Uh, it never came. It's, it's probably your fault. 
Yeah, probably. Probably. Clearly your fault. Sorry. Sorry, if I could, yeah. if I could go back and change things. You could wrestle Ric Flair now. He's only 72. Apparently he's going to wrestle again soon, so why not? In AEW, why not? I would do it. Yeah, I, 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 I still think to this day, I swore when they had that feud going with David and Rick, oh, it's coming. It got to be coming. This is the win before he fights David. This is, this is the win when he beats me. And it never happened. Clearly your fault. Such a pity. Such a shame. <laughs> would have been a great match. Would have been a great match. Great feud. Great rivalry. Um, I would have lost oh, my mind. I would have lost my mind. I would well, that would have been the highlight, wouldn't it? That would have been it. Sure. The, the top. The top of your Absolutely. achievements list, surely, yes. to wrestle Flair on TV. Absolutely. Would have been amazing. Um, yeah. What What were your experiences of Vince Russo like? I've had him on the show before. Obviously, he's very divisive. I thought he was mm. great. We had a great chat. I think he's very misunderstood. What was What was it like to work for him or, or with him? I I love Vince. There's no way I cannot like Vince. It's so funny when I hear divisive. I get along with, and I like so many people within the in industry. I guess I'm a diplomat, or I just find it real easy. I. I'm friends with so many people that absolutely hate each other. Uh, Jim Cornette's done a ton for me, and I love Jim. Vince done a ton for me, and I love Vince. Uh, I had been wrestling on WCW Saturday night as Devin Storm, and I was being groomed to be this next big cruiserweight to come up to the main show. Uh, and then, as the story has it, this is what I was told, uh, David Flair was drawing a rating. People liked watching hmm. David going around like a maniac, stalking women and hitting people with a crowbar and out there with Daphne and just being nuts. David, unfortunately, not a very strong in-ring performer. Well, unfortunately, maybe fortunate for me. So they came up with the idea, let's put him in, in a tag team with a partner that could do the majority of the in-ring in work and we could still have this crazy David Flair thing going on. And... We still had that character out there. So the story goes, uh, I we were in Colorado. Uh, I guess Nitro finished up and everybody was back at the hotel restaurant bar. I had flown in that night to be part of the Saturday night show. I walked in, my hair's down, leather jacket, I guess looking like a real crazy man, I guess. And <laughs> Vince saw me. And from what I told, that was it. He did some research, checked out some tapes, saw what I was doing on Saturday night. And within a week or two, I was pro bar. Mm, and, huh. and he, he had the basic premise for the character, but Vince gave us a lot of leeway to be creative. He goes, bro, what do you think is going on? Lots of bros, of course. And I use bro <laughs> a lot too. I, I'm, 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 I'm a big bro and dude guy. You see, when I text you, dude, bro, whatever, I, I even text like that. But uh, he goes, bro, this is the character. This is what I kind of want. What do you see? And I would come up with ideas and stuff. And nine out, out of ten times, Vince gave me a lot of license to really let the character develop and grow and come up with my own stuff. He was a pleasure to work with. You know, like he, he would come up with the premise. And like when we went to New York, we had the premise, me and, and David – would go in a porn shop with Vince and, but how we reacted when we came in and out, that was really up, up to us. He goes, what would you guys do? What would you see this doing? And 
we went into the toy store and he goes, what would Crowbar and, and uh, David Flair and, and Daphne do inside a big toy store? So we, we danced on the piano on a floor, like in uh, the movie Big, and we did stuff like that. So he, he would give us the bullet points, but he really gave us a lot of creative freedom. So it was a lot of fun working with Vince, not to mention the fact that he gave me that, that spot. He gave me the opportunity, yeah. that jump from the Saturday night show up right to the main roster. So I got nothing but love for Vince. Vince is great. There you go, people. You, you heard it here. He's a good dude. I, I had a really good chat with him, and we spoke for like an hour and a half, and it was just a joy. I, I, I don't, yeah. you know, I know he's, people have had bad experiences working with him, but I thought he was an absolute, absolute delight. Loads of great it's, stories. It's so funny. I know I am cool slash friends with so many people who absolutely hate each other. It's funny. <laughs> Such a strange business, yes. such a strange yeah. industry. Um, you say you say that Vince gave you a lot of freedom. Do you think that's what's yes. wrong with wrestling? Wrestling these days, because we hear that wrestlers, you know, they get so micromanaged. They've got the, this person doing their image, this person doing their character, this person doing their scripts. Do you think that's what's stopping people from maybe connecting? Like the fans, I'm not sure as much. I'm not sure because I'm not there. I really oh yeah been out of the mainstream for a long, long time. I will say the stuff that I've done with my character is, uh, you know, you know, since COVID hit, I started doing the promos and all the, and, yeah. and all these were ideas that I've had forever. And I just never really pursued them. Uh, COVID hits. I do the first video, who are you boomer? And it's just me against the wall in, mm-hmm. in my house. And, and, and it gets a whole bunch of views I invest in a whole bunch of production stuff. I learn how to how to produce myself, how to edit. Uh, Robert Frank, crazy internet guy that does all the with the weightlifting videos about going to the gym. He's awesome. Uh, he's a New Jersey guy. He gave me a tutorial over the phone on how to do with the editing app and all this stuff. So I learned how to do this myself. There's a lot of great guys in wrestling that can shoot video for you, that can edit for you, but you still got to meet up. And I, I hate, for lack of a better word, putting people out. I, I hate, oh, can you come here? I have an idea. I hate doing that to people. Uh, uh, I love my friends. I really don't like to take advantage of people. Uh, there are certain times when guys will shoot stuff for me, and I'm extremely thankful for that. But if I get an idea for a promo now, and it's something that just happened, and it's relevant, I'm empowered to grab my own equipment, and I could shoot that promo right now uh and so going back to your question all the stuff you see all the 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 background the music the topics i i touch on that's just me having complete freedom to do what i think would be entertaining for me as well as the fans uh it's super refreshing and i had a lot of freedom in wcw now i have between doing my independent shows you know, and doing the videos, I have almost complete freedom. And uh, I think I've done a lot with the character. I think I've made it entertaining. I know I'm having a whole lot of fun. Uh, and it's really the product of really having, being able to do whatever I want. I've gotten a lot of compliments on the character, on, on the promos. Uh, had I been had I been fed that from somebody, I'm not so sure if it would have come off the same or if it... Yeah would have been yeah. rushed or forced or phony. It's just something 
I kind of came up with and I had the freedom to drive that car wherever I felt it needed to go. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I see them. I see them come up on my on my timeline on Twitter all the time, and I always <laughs> enjoy them. And I like that they're quite short as well. They're normally between like a minute and two minutes, aren't they? Um, yeah, yeah. But whenever I watch them, I'm always thinking like, is this really him? Like, are these his real thoughts, but, or is this a character? I'm always a bit like in two minds. Yeah, there's definitely two minds there, and once in a while, those two minds crash. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I. You, you, you let the promos, I get on comedy wrestling. I get on the, the death match wrestling once in a while. I get on, I, like I said, huge wrestling fan. Whatever you watch, that's cool. For Chris Ford, me personally, I watch more traditional type wrestling. I watch modern wrestling because I want to be proficient with the style, the moves the guys are doing, yeah. stuff like that. When I watch it as a fan, for, for me, for myself, I'll watch Randy Savage, uh, I'll watch Steve Regal, who, in my opinion, is the perfect combination of character and work. I love Lord Steven Regal when he had his his attendant with him, Sir William. Uh, he would come to the ring with very, uh, very grandiose music, very uh, eloquent, regal-sounding music. Uh, he would occasionally wear a white powder white powder wig he would have this coat on and once in a while he'd have the cravat around his neck but he would get to the ring with all this stuff on pure character he would have his smug look uh the fans would see the disdain in his <laughs> face for them but when all that stuff came off you saw incredible work rate so you had all the cartoon character-esque stuff, all the pageantry that goes with pro wrestling on his entrance and the way he carried himself and the way he acted. But when all that stuff came off, you saw incredibly worked matches, great athletic professional wrestling matches. That's why he's one of my favorite guys to watch still. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. 100%. One of the greats because he, like you said, he could blend a little bit of, of that everything. together. You said, um, you said Macho Man. I've got Macho Man right behind me there somewhere. Yep, there. Yeah. Uh, these, these, are, these are the same guys that I go back and watch. I can appreciate everything and I love today's product, but there's just nothing, nothing quite like the 80s and, and the early 90s and that, that sort of era. I watch at least one Regal match and one Rand, Randy Savage match a day, and I always find something oh, wow. new. I oh, always really? find something new, even if it's small. Yeah, like I always find something that I can say, wow, that's cool how he did that. Let me try that. How, you know, I I can watch those guys as a fan, but also as a professional looking to learn. Yeah. Yeah. Even at this age, even at this stage of your career, always yeah. still looking to learn. Yep. Right. I enjoy yeah. it, man. This is so great you've got stuff. that dedication to the them ECW guys now. They can suck it yeah. because you you've proven that you've yeah. <laughs> even at this age now. You said forty. You say forty four. Forty seven. Forty seven. Sorry, you don't look. But I'm timeless. But I'm timeless. But I'm timeless. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Right. Another guy. That I, I want to go back and talk a bit more old school again because that that's just the era that I'm obsessed with. And another sure. guy who I know you've had dealings with. If I'm, I, I believe. He's the guy who got you into WWF. Was it Jim Cornette who actually helped Jim, get you into WWF? Jim Cornette is who, yes. Uh, I had worked a lot of New Jersey 
independent shows for the New Jersey NWA that was run by Dennis Carluzzo. He used Jim Cornette a lot. Uh, he managed me and my partner, Ace Darling, for many, many shows. So when they decided to have that light, light heavyweight division uh, at the tournament, Jim was actually the guy that brought me in. Right. Okay. So, what was Jim like? Because that's this is a question that I have. As if I find out that any of my guests have had even the slightest bit of interaction with Jim Cornette, I always yeah. have to know because I'm so I'm fascinated by the guy. Yeah. So many people hate him, and I uh, I, I love, Jim. I love uh, what he does. I love okay. what he does. Uh, I'll tell you, I I never had the pleasure of hanging out with Jim outside of a wrestling environment. He was always right. a complete pleasure in the locker room. I've seen him at. Autograph signings, incredible guy, uh, always very personal. I love Jim Cornette as a fan. So being able to, one, share a locker room with Jim was awesome. Have him manage me and my tag team partner was mind-blowing. And uh, the, the fact that he called me to do light heavyweight stuff for uh, WWE, an absolute honor. And then here's... Here's, here's, here's another little cool story. Uh, years later, uh, he brought me in the ring of honor for one shot for a, mm -hmm. a one-off and I'm getting, it had to be 2012 or 2014. I think, I think 2012, not sure, but I was in the locker room. I was getting geared up. I hadn't seen Jim in years because WCWN ended. I did TNA for about a, a a cup of coffee. And then I just mainly stayed on East coast independent shows, really New Jersey independent shows. I hadn't seen Jim forever and I'm getting changed in the back. And I guess I'm looking good for, you know, the last time he's seen me and, it, and he walks by, he looks and he takes a, a double take. He goes, by God damn, the fucking timeless Devin storm. <laughs> and that, that moniker it was stored in a computer, and I said, if I ever pursue wrestling in any capacity, I always had that as an idea, as an idea for a character, as an idea for a moniker. So Jim Cornette, partially responsible, and I don't even think he even knows it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love the guy. You know, I think he's um, just like Rousseau. I think he's very misunderstood. He's just got a lot of strong opinions, and he's... He's not going to hold back, is he? Was he was he like that when he managed you guys? Jim like that always spoke his mind. If if you did something that sucked, Jim told you it sucked, <laughs> and uh, and again that made me a better wrestler. You know, I'm we're in a day and age where you know people tr I think try to soften criticisms and. Yeah they're not blunt enough and whatever you think about that that's your own own opinion i'm saying for me personally not devin storm not crowbar for chris ford uh harsh blunt in your face criticisms of what you're doing right and wrong that aren't candy coated is what helped me grow not again not just in wrestling in life i had very tough football coaches that got in your face and screamed at you when you screwed up that made me a better person that worked for me in wrestling uh when you screwed up early on guys got on you the veterans got on you i'm not like that at all i'm 
I'm more of a much more diplomatic person. But for me, that kind of criticism helped me to grow. That helped me to push myself. So being around Jim, it was always fun. He would always give suggestions on how to make your match better. He would come up with ideas for finishes, this, that, and the other thing. But if you screwed something up, he got it. He said, hey, that fucking sucked when you did that. He goes, you need to clean that up. And know what? You remembered it, and it made you a better person. So just like Vince Russo, I could never say anything bad about it. I love Jim Cornette for both of those guys who it's well-documented, can't stand each other. I owe them both uh, an incredible amount, and I love them both. It's a really good point you make there, man, because a million people can tell you that something was great, but you're not going to remember those, are you? You're not going to yeah. you're not going to pick those out. You're going to remember the one guy who said that it sucked, and that's and, that's yeah, and as far as opinions go, how did these people treat me? And they were they were both extremely positive influences mm. in my life, and I wouldn't be where I am now had had I not come across these two guys. Uh, great, great guys, love them both good that's good to hear man that's really good to yeah. hear especially as like you say they hate each other so much <laughs> it's yeah such a strange i bet they really like each other and it's all just for show you know they've both got Maybe. shows that they need to yeah. sell they both want views they both want listens i bet you're their best friends really you need controversy you need controversy yeah, yeah absolutely controversy creates cash doesn't it yeah that's I've it Eric bischoff said bischoff said that yep yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right, I'm going to throw a few names at you, and I just want to. This is a new thing that I've started doing with with my most recent guests. Just for oh, a few put names on at the you, spot. Oh, put you on the it. spot. But all I want to know really is just like, were, were they cool to work with? What what were your your thoughts on them? If you've got any fun little stories, by all means, feel free to share them. I'm going to start okay. with a man who we've already we've already named. You've you've said that you you wish you could have wrestled him, the one and only Ric Flair. Ah. Uh... What can I say? What can I say that hasn't been said already? I know that's very <laughs> cliche. Uh, he's another, I do not watch his matches like Savage and Regal on a daily basis. I definitely watch them multiple times a week. He's definitely on my watch list. Uh, incredible. I'm a huge fan of his, just like the other guys. Uh, probably. Uh, yeah. I just can't praise the guy enough. I'm a huge fan. Uh, my one regret was when I was there, we had phones that were just starting. You, you got pixelated, shitty photos. And yeah. a lot of guys carried around disposable cameras to get pictures with guys. A lot of guys would say, hey, hey don't bother so-and-so. It's unprofessional. There were so many pictures I wish I would have gotten that I didn't. I wish I, I said, screw convention, had a suitcase <laughs> full of disposable cameras and got all these pictures that I would have loved to have gotten. Ric Flair would definitely would have been one of them. And damn it, I should have had that match. <laughs> and I think he, I, I just think he's awesome. He's awesome. Since since you worked with him, have you have you had many interactions with Rick over the years? Have you bumped into him or been at conventions or anything like that? I have not. I I really have not done a whole bunch of conventions at all. I'm starting to do more now with this renewed interest in this new character. Uh, yeah. But honestly, since WCW, if you weren't going to wrestling shows in probably northern New Jersey or New York, or maybe here and there, Philadelphia, you probably either thought I retired or died because I really didn't 
go too far from home. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Not for everybody, is it? Um, right, next name then, uh, Goldberg. Look at it. That's uh, I. He was there when I was there, uh, and it was just amazing. You could be in the locker room, and people would be filing in for the show where people would be outside waiting to get in the building and people would be chanting his name, Goldberg. I've had a few interactions with him. He was always super, super nice. Never worked with him. Uh, always cordial to me, but then again, I didn't have to work with him, but uh, he was all, <laughs> always great. But going back to what, what I said before, the fact that it would be well before the show was even starting, people were funneling in people chanting his name. It was electric and it helped set the stage for that night yeah 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 that atmosphere straight away before things have even yeah. kicked off he was a megastar yes. and he still is sure. a megastar now people absolutely don't want, sure. don't want to admit it but he's still a megastar isn't he absolutely no okay. way around it i don't know if this is a if this is someone that you would have worked with at that time in that that period but um vader big van vader i met him on an independent show uh okay super super nice uh I met him on an independent show probably, and I'm guessing again, maybe 10 years following WCW, was always a huge fan. Uh, I loved uh, Vader when he would come out with the mask that would blow the smoke. That's the Vader that, yeah. that, that was my favorite. Yeah. I've always been a, a sci-fi mark, and again, like Regal, he would come out with that mask on, have all the pageantry, uh, smoke flying and all that, and that came off. And he was just a kick-ass, badass wrestler. So you got the pageantry, you got the character, you got the little bit of sci-fi vibe. But when all that came off, you saw a great physically worked match. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That man could do, he could do some great things for his size. Yeah. He? I think he yep. was one of the earliest memories I've got of of a big guy who could move. you got loads of them now, like Keith Lee. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That he really set the bar, didn't he? I think he um, inspired a lot of wrestlers like that. Um, Absolutely. Right. Okay, then. Let's get into the important questions, the big questions. I've got two more questions for you. These are the ones that matter the most. Okay. What's the best Star Wars film? Because I know you're a big Star Wars fan. For years, I, I, I would have said Empire Strikes Back. Yes, obviously. Just because that's... Obviously. <laughs> that's the popular opinion. And I'm going to say no. And I'm going to say okay. Return of the Jedi. And I'm going to tell you why. It's okay. all it, it's all relative. We could do a whole episode on this, by the way. I'll tell you why. And, and, and I'll tell you why. Empire was awesome. It, it ends. You find out Luke is, I mean, Darth Vader is Luke's father. Han Solo is in Carbonite, which looked cool as hell. When that, right there. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> When that toy came out, you could get Slave One with Han and Carbonite. I had to get Slave One. I like Slave One, but I just wanted Han and Carbonite. That's the only way you could get it. So, and so that's back in the day. There's no internet. There's no spoilers. There's no nothing like that. And you had to wait three years or so between the movies. So Empire was great, but we rewind to Star Wars too. At that time. There was no scene in a Moss Eisley spaceport with Jabba the Hutt. Jabba the, that was added in later. You never saw Jabba. You, you only heard him referred to. You heard Greedo reference Jabba 
in Star Wars. You heard it referred to in Empire. You, you never seen him. So Return of the Jedi comes, and there's so many payoffs. You see Jabba, who looked amazing. You see Luke, who just got his ass kicked in, in Empire Strikes Back. Now he's a badass Jedi, all in black, choking out the guards, uh, green lightsaber. And so you get Jabba, you get badass Luke. You get a Starlock pit, which is cool as hell. And you get Jabba's palace, which is almost, for me, an upgrade to the cantina. You get all these weird-looking guys. Yeah. Yeah. As, as a kid, I wanted all those figures. They were just cool. And then you get to see the emperor in the flesh. You saw a hologram in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, but you didn't see him. You see the, em the Emperor shoots Sith lightning, which you've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, Darth Vader turns, goes babyface, throws the Empire, <laughs> the Emperor down a shaft, takes off his helmet. I mean, there's so many, uh, there were so many payoffs in Return of the Jedi that when I really think back as a kid, what really grabbed me emotionally, it was Return of the Jedi, because one of the good guys win. Darth Vader turns good, which you never saw that coming. His mask came off. Uh, Jabba, the Emperor, uh, Luke and Leia are brother and sister. I, I didn't care so much for that, but that was okay, too. Uh, just all kinds of cool payoffs, I thought. You make a compelling, a compelling argument. Lots and of good, lots of good cases. Lots of good points. It's also a different empire. time too. Also a different time where you had to wait movie to movie to movie. And I'm just yeah. channeling the emotions that you get. Star Wars. Yeah. You're waiting for Empire, and then Return of Jedi finally comes, and it's just this culmination of the story. And I think, and it's before spoilers. It's before. For being able to watch all three in a row, yeah, yeah, it's not like the Marvel movies where they came after the, they delivered on it. So, uh, emotionally, Return of the Jedi. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You're twisting my arm, but I'm I'm still saying Empire. I think Empire still holds up today. The Battle of Hoth. Different time too. Different time. Different time. I agree. How I old agree. are you? Uh, 32. Yeah. How old are you? 32. Yeah. So a little bit different than, yeah. Yeah. When you grew up, you probably had the videos. You could watch them in order and stuff probably. Right. Yeah. I think to be honest, yeah. I, I saw the, um, I saw the second trilogy before I saw the originals just yeah. because of, of the That's time. Why. I got you. Yep. Okay. So I've gone back and seen the originals or the sequels or whatever you want to call them. It's the all relative. Three. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm glad I asked. I'm glad I asked. Like I said, man, we could we could talk Star Wars literally all night, all, all night. night, all day, all week. Um, one more question I want to ask, and this this is a bit of a weird one, and I don't think anybody's really going to understand this. Yeah. Um, who broke your Super Nintendo in ECW? Uh, it was a different time. It actually was a Sega. It was a Sega Genesis, uh, and it's a. A different time. We've all grown up, and <laughs> that person should not be held accountable for the sins of many, many years ago. Oh, so you know who it was? How's that? That I do. 
My oh, books, okay. no. Well, my books are, are some speculation over where they went or who took them, but I know who the Sega Genesis was. Right. My good friend, my good friend Craig told me that it was a Super Nintendo and that you never found out who did it. Now, Sega Genesis. The right. books, I, I okay. don't know. The, uh, yeah. Okay, right. I'm going to go back to him and call him out on his bullshit then. <laughs> I'm going to protect the, you know, it's long ago. There's no need for that now, you know. <laughs> fair enough man right and it made me a stronger person yes that's it that's the that's the important thing is what you learned from losing your sega genesis yes isn't it (laughs) right um i i always like to finish off with the same question i usually ask my guests about um their mount rushmore i I tend to tailor it to them i'm not going to do that today because I, i discussed this with you before the show obviously just just a matter of weeks ago we we obviously incredibly sadly lost your your very good friend colleague and and as i say just some very close to you daphne yes um the the whole whole of the wrestling world was shocked but obviously we're not going to go into what happened why it happened because you know that's best left for people for people to to find out on their own don't want to don't want to get into that but i just i just if you don't mind if you're happy to just just to talk about daphne a little bit what she meant to you your time together resting together and 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 how you'll remember her long into the future i remember her i was told i was going to be teamed up with david flair and daphne and that i had to show up in salisbury maryland where we shot that gas station scene had never met either one of them and the second they put us together we all just clicked well uh we were all young kids feeling very excited and blessed to be have given this great opportunity with a major company and all our time there was just a lot of fun uh there really was no worrying about the politics of what was going on uh People have asked me in the past, what did you guys think about this situation when you're at WCW? What did you think of that situation? What did you think when power changed hands here? We didn't even register that shit. We were just, uh, we, we were happy to get to the building, find out what we're doing. And we just had a great time playing those characters. And those characters weren't too far off from ourselves, I really don't think. I think it was... Uh, I, I watched some of the crowbar stuff where I'm putting the faces on and that is Chris Ford having goofy fun, not being able to believe that he's wrestling for a world championship wrestling. And I think Shannon's character, I, I believe she was super excited to be there. She was grateful for her opportunity uh, she was a type of person that would walk into a locker room, walk into catering, whatever. And it would instantly just, it would just joy would come in. She, she, she could just light up a room, very happy, positive person. And we stayed close all these years. She, uh, she had an acting background uh, and I actually bounced a lot of my new ideas off her. She was always a great sounding board. And the last time we spoke was probably a week and a half before the incident, maybe a week uh, I had gotten a call to do an autograph sign in, in October in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and they wanted Shannon. And I called her up and go, hey, when it's so much fun. Let's get together. We'll do this. Uh, you, you, you know, we haven't done this for years. This will be a whole lot of fun, yada, yada, yada. And she just started a new job as a home health aide. She goes, I can. I 
I got this new job. I really like my job, work with older people, and it's very rewarding. I'm moving somewhere new. I'm excited. She seems super, super, super positive. Like I said, it sounds cliche, but nobody saw this coming. At least yeah. I didn't. So, I mean, it's, it's just a wake-up call to where maybe if you know somebody, if it's friends or family, and if they've had issues or if they struggled with depression or anything like that, maybe... I don't it's a wake up call where maybe if they seem great, if they seem happy, if they feel jovial, just maybe ask and say, Hey, I know you sound great, but just, are you okay right now? Level with me. Cause if you're not, let's talk about it. Let's fix what's going on. Let's get some help. Let's talk this through. Cause I really, she sounded great. And it was a complete shock when my phone started blowing up with what was going on. So it's just something me. And I also know a lot of people that know Shannon well did not see coming whatsoever. So if you have a friend that struggles with, with depression or, or mental health, or even somebody that doesn't, that just seems maybe they were down for a while and now all of a sudden they're up and they're happy, just double check and just, and just make sure things are cool. I don't know. Yeah. And like you say, what's been what's been quite nice and almost like reassuring to see is how everybody's pretty much come together, haven't they? Since yeah. since Daphne left us, everybody sort of come together, offering you know a shoulder to lean on. I know that WWE have have reached out to all of their staff and said like, if you ever need anybody to talk to, this is who you can talk to. It's it's nice to see. Obviously, it's a horrible horrible thing that happened, but. The, the positive is, as you say, it's a bit of a wake-up call for people. I, I actually spoke to her um, a few months ago because I, I reached out to see if she'd like to come on the show. Um, and, you know, she, she came back saying that she was really busy, she wouldn't be able to do it anytime soon. And I didn't mind because she was just very friendly. You know, sure, even, even in just an email, even in just black and white, you could just tell yeah. she was really sweet, really honest, really friendly. She said, good luck to me for the show and things like that. And oh. I just thought, you know, she's just... Great person. Yeah, that's yeah, and that's all I've heard since as well. All the tributes that have come out, everybody said how how sweet, caring, lovely, warm, friendly she was, and and you know I think that's how that's how she'll be remembered, isn't it? Absolutely. Just, uh, just a shame that it had to had to come to that. I agree, really, isn't it? But hey, like I say, let's remember her for for how awesome she was, how much we loved seeing her on WCW TV with yourself, everything she did after. Great person, lovely person. Awesome dude, person. Dude, thank you so much for joining me. Before before I let you go. Thank though, you for um, having me on. Yeah. Where where can people find you? Like on Twitter, on social media? Are you doing any shows coming up soon? I'm mainly on Twitter right now at WCW Crowbar. Uh I have a date coming up. Oh my god, the guy's gonna kill me. It's in <laughs> November. If you go to my Twitter at WCW Crowbar. Uh, I'm looking so forward to wrestling against Rich Swan. Can't wait. That's oh, gonna wow. be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, shortly, I've I've enrolled with Pro Wrestling Tees. I just have not found the time to submit a a design that will be coming as well. And I will be doing their video messaging as well. And when you get a video message, it will be in Crowbar promo form, black and white. Subtitles, music, and I'll get your message across, but don't ask me to be nice. <laughs> Sounds worth every penny, man. Will you have a glass of wine as well? Ab absolutely. absolutely. You got it. 
have to go the whole do the whole hog man that's gotta do the whole thing method acting you know i and that's the thing i i i don't guzzle one as i appear to <laughs> but as i prep to do these it, it is a bit of method acting i put the stuff on i have one actual glass of wine just to uh i spray cologne on i do the i I prep, I try to become this character and there's a method to it where you, know, you see me talking here, that's totally not who Chris Ford is. So there's a whole process to where I have to get into that mindset and I got to become a complete douche. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good way of putting it. I'm it's a process. It. It's definitely a process <laughs> and it, it definitely takes time. <laughs> takes time, takes wine. But it's worth one it. day. They're brilliant. They're one brilliant. day, maybe yeah. I'll. One day, maybe I'll record the whole prep on how I have to okay, yeah, transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking maybe I should ask you to do the whole interview in character, but I didn't know how that would I don't work. Know if I could, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Lots of pauses and. Yeah, yeah. We'd be here probably take about week. three times the time. It would be about a four-hour <laughs> interview with. All of the, <laughs> be a lot of pausing going on. A lot of pausing, lots of getting a new bottle of wine. Yeah. <laughs> 10 minutes in, you'd be hating me. Oh my God, this thing is going to go friggin' four hours. Get the one hook, get in. him out of here. One hour in and I've asked you one question. <laughs> the good in small, small two minute dosage or two minute <laughs> brilliant. 20 doses for Twitter. They're brilliant, man. Guys, if you haven't checked those out already, as he said, you heard what he said, man. Go to WCW Crowbar on Twitter. Check those out. Everybody, thank you don't so take much. Him, for... Don't take him too seriously. I fucking no, love wrestling. No. Don't. <laughs> but enjoy. And if they make you a little mad, then good. I'm doing my job. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you've done a great job here today, man. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a blast. Thank you, man. Everybody, it was fun. Everybody, thank you so much for joining. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Wherever you are, like I said at the start, please either hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button. And until next time, thank you and take care. Thank you so much, man. This was fun. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.